0: Welcome home, this is Audio EXP for the 29th of February 2020 and the title of this episode is Tales from the Loop and Baldur's Gate. Hey, do you think the melting ice caps will expose something dangerous? Something that's been trapped and lying dormant for thousands of years but which risks waking up as the ice recedes? That's the question we put to Geek readers this week following on from a Captain America competition run last year. And at the end of the podcast, I'll let you know what the first round of answers say. Geek Native tends to cover a lot of RPG news. Well, I hope the site keeps up with RPG news anyway. As a result, Audio EXP's highlights tend to be RPG news focused. This week, the headlines are both RPG news connected and not. The Tales from the Loop story that caught my eye isn't a tabletop game. The Baldur's Gate that's coming to life in people's imagination isn't a tabletop supplement either. As it happens, before we had either of those two pieces of news, Ben and the genre police discussed reducing or removing the role of the tabletop while roleplaying. The article was about making the best use of space available. Ben even talked about gaming outside, sitting around in the field, Not a LARP, but role-playing outside. The headline, Dropping the TT, caught people's attention on Twitter, and it started a debate as to whether traditional tabletop role-playing games should use the acronym RPG or TTRPG. Should computer games use CRPG or VGRPG? What do you think? Here's another what do you think. What do you think about Amazon Prime Video's Tales from the Loop trailer? If you've not seen it yet, you can find it in the transcript of this podcast on the blog. What it shows is a world that looks exactly like Simon Stallenhag's art book. This is the art book that must have had some influence on shows like Stranger Things, and is, of course, a very successful RPG from Free League Publishing. I'm not sure what I make of the trailer, Cute battle bots are hiding behind trees, there are strange floating shapes, and lots of hushed conversations. But is there Pearl? Or Jeopardy? Presumably there's something like that in the script that connects all these gorgeously weird scenes together, but it's not hinted at terribly well in the trailer. In the RPG, the Pearl is toned right down, the heroes are kids, kids on bikes, and death isn't really a threat. It's not that vibe. As usual... I'll try and watch it. I've actually found that by sacrificing sleep, I can do a better job at catching up with shows. Heck, I've even found time to watch some Lock and Key and some Swamp Thing. I'm enjoying the latter more. The other big entertainment title that I'm now pretty sure will get my time is Baldur's Gate 3, the computer game. The cinematic for it looks incredible. Once again, you can find that video in the podcast transcript. The trailer shows a horrible scene with a mind flare encouraging their little larvae in through the eyes of kidnapped victims to impregnate their brains and begin to turn them into mind flares, too. The mind flare, in its floating battleship, then sweeps down on Baldur's Gate, or perhaps a town near Baldur's Gate, and begins to snatch more people off the street. That's when the portal opens and three dragon riders appear, fireballs and talons attacking the Mind ship to drive it off. The dragons give chase, and the Mind crashes, and some of those larvae carrying kidnapped victims escape. That, I believe, is where you come in. You will be playing one of those characters. I've watched some of the gameplay that was demoed at PAX this weekend. While I can see it's early days, I can also see it's very impressive. Uh, For example, this computer RPG is so flexible, you can even take your shoe off and throw it at a baddie. I've seen some articles complaining about the use of turns in the game. I disagree. I think turns mean you can enjoy the D&D elements better. Thinking about which spell or ability to use tactically, and then getting to use them. Without turns, it becomes all about reaction speed. And that's not really D&D. We're expecting Baldur's Gate 3 to be available on early access before the finished game is released, and that means if you can tolerate bugs, you can play it early. Right now though, the game is only slated for PCs and Google Stadia, as other consoles aren't powerful enough to run it. Let's stick with entertainment news for a bit. Giant Freaking Robot is a popular geek culture site, one which I probably should subscribe to. Well, they've found multiple sources within Viacom CBS who are sure that Captain Pike, played by Anson Mount, and the Enterprise will be one of the many new Star Trek shows the channel is working on. There are some complications. Mount isn't in contract, for example, and so there's nothing signed. However, he's already made it clear that he's up for playing the ill-fated starship captain again. Geek properties still feel as hot as ever. You only have to look at how much Star Wars and Marvel there are on Disney Plus for an idea. Or you can look at the anime battle. I mean, Crunchyroll, which I think is the largest streaming platform with about a thousand anime titles, announced Crunchyroll Originals this week. That's eight shows made by partners with their help, or entirely by Crunchyroll. A day or two later, Netflix had their own announcement, adding six more anime partners of their own. I mean... Action 22 is a comic book, not a TV show, but its return is another indication of how strong geek culture is these days. The original Action 2020 was launched in the UK in 1976 and it was considered very gory and very graphic for the day. It was so wild that a conservative values warrior called Mary Whitehouse led calls for a boycott. The tactic to boycott all the publishers' titles, and then the big news agents who carried the comic books at the time. It worked. Mary Whitehouse and her followers fought back what they saw as permissive liberal values. And the October 1976 issue of Action 2020 was popped. Well, you'll be able to buy a reproduction of that popped comic book, along with the first issue of the newly relaunched Action 2020, if you pre-order it from the Treasury of British Comics or Rebellion's web stores. Rebellion is probably still better known as the publisher of 2000 AD and Judge Dredd. There have been interesting RPG news this week, though, so let's not forget about it. A story that was developing while I wrote up the RPG News bullet point summary column, routinely itemised RPGs issue 37, is another D&D setting leak. I'll try and dig into it this weekend. However, the setting is Mythic Odyssey of Theros, and that would mean another D&D and Magic the Gathering crossover. How did it leak? A retail listing on the Penguin Random House website. There's also the news that D&D Beyond, in Alpha, a combat tracker. Now, it's bare bones for now, but I imagine it will be popular. And it's an interesting tactical move, though. As if you let me to speculate, it nudges D&D Beyond and Fandom a bit closer to that virtual tabletop space. So, before we wrap up, let's return to the chills of the Arctic ice. Is there something dangerous up there? It could be a virus or bacteria, or maybe just even a gas. I think it's unlikely to be anything larger than that, if there's anything at all. Well, according to Natus Paul, 59% of people are prepared to imagine that there might be something dangerous trapped in the ice. And only 3% don't think the ice is melting at all. Splitting those figures out by non-geek and geek reveals that geeks are far more willing to consider that there might be something trapped in the ice. That's 65%. And the number of climate change deniers drops slightly too, to 2%. Well, on that controversy, let's call it a wrap for this week. Keep safe and be well.